Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. I'm Elizabeth. What do we want? We have Princess <laughs> Protection Program this week. <laughs> we are really good at this. <laughs> Princess Protection Program came out June 26, 2009. In case you were living under a rock at that time. Right. This was obviously Demi and Selena's Decom, uh, their moment this, to showcase their friendship. This movie hurts. <laughs> It really does. We talked about this after the last podcast, but we were talking about how much we love Demi and Selena as friends, and they're not friends anymore, and it's it's so hurtful. It's it's sad, and, like, they, like, what became famous about them was their friendship, and then they were friends, and then, like, because the internet, it just, like, amplified all that. Yeah. So then, listen... Well, and, and the thing is, I understand they're probably better off not right. friends anymore. Like, I totally like, get it. It's okay. Like, people grow apart. I get it, but, but also... I also like to live in the late 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> I, my middle school self is crying knowing that they're not still friends. And I, I've said this, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but, like, BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling have talked about how... Mindy Kaling's talked about how, like, their relationship was never good and, like, they're not good together. They're just better off as friends. But I ship them till the end. <laughs> I want them to be together, and I feel the same way about this friendship. Even though it's probably better for them to be separated and not be friends anymore, I want them to be friends so badly. Um, so, as we know, like, they, it was sort of part of their, like, Disney's, uh, like, marketing strategy to sort of, like, amplify their friendship. Um, the first time I, the first time I ever, um like, heard about them, like, oh, we're best friends. There was one of those, like, probably, like, oh, Disney, like, 365 or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for a Disney Mania CD, I think. Yeah. And they interviewed Selena Gomez, and they were like, what do you, how do you feel about being on the album with your best friend? And she's like, Demetria Lovato is my best friend. And I was like, <laughs> who's that? And then, like, they interviewed Demi, and I was like, who's that? Because, <laughs> like, Demi wasn't famous yet. But that was the first time I ever, heard, like, heard about them being best friends. And then whenever Demi got famous, everyone was like, ah, did you know these girls were on Bernie together and they're best friends? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're curious like me. Yeah, this- we, talk- we we looked this up before because I was like, what is the timeline? Like, when did... Because we were... <laughs> this was a conversation off the pod, like yeah. we do. Um, and we were wondering what, hap- what happened. Right. <laughs> Like when, when was it? When was this friendship at its peak? What was the downfall? Exactly. Uh, we all know some major moments. Obviously, uh, YouTube videos. Um, Ask Taylor. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Some reunions, some support, but so I found this article on Insider.com by. Claudia Willen, thank you, Claudia, for doing the Lord's work, um, from October 1st, 2020, this is the most recent article I could find, that is a literal timeline of Demi and Selena's, and it says in the title, 18-year-long friendship, and I'm gonna read it to you. (laughs) So, as we know, uh, their friendship dates back to when they first met on Barney in 2002. Um, oh, that was not the beginning of the article. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, in two th- they remained friends, and then in 2008, they both became Disney stars and uploading vlogs on YouTube together. We talked about that in Camp Rock. Yes, we did. 
uh, in those vlogs, um, Demi said things like, this is my best friend in the entire world. And Selena would say, we've been best friends since we were seven. They had secret friendship handshake, and they'd talk about how much they love Paramore. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In 2009, that was when they filmed Princess Protection Program. This movie was shot in Puerto Rico. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again in 2009, um, they're just living out there, living their best lives, having fun together as BFFs. And then... So this was, that was July 2009, and then in January 2010, that's when a, f- a fan, I feel like it was paparazzi, asked Demi Lovato, how's Selena? And she said, ask Taylor. Um, at this point, Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez, their friendship was starting to get very popular, and they were very vocal about being best friends with each other. Oh, this is in 2010? Yeah. Wow, I was not aware that was going on in middle school. Wow. I don't know if I was aware I was going on in middle school, but I've definitely known about this for a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that quote before, but yeah. Yeah. Um, like in 2009, Selena told Seventeen Magazine, every single problem I ever have is healable by Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, June 2010, so six months later, Demi says that she and Selena are both busy and hinted at a fracture in the friendship. So between July, like... Uh, this movie and January of 2010, something happened because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a very short time to go from like two best friends like going through like making this movie together, and no, no neither of them were e- were either like oh like we had to put on this show for Princess Protection Program right well and that was the thing like those videos they were making on their YouTube channel that was all like while they were filming Princess yeah. Protection Program like kind of hyping it up. And the other thing, we didn't talk about this in Camp Rock because we're going to talk about it in Camp Rock 2, but I wanted to throw this in there, is, like, I feel like Demi Lovato's, like, issue with sobriety may have been kind mm-hmm. of a splinter in the relationship. This is something that we're just speculating solely based on people of the public. Well, and, <laughs> we don't know anything. Well, yeah, and also because, like, having watched the first documentary, like, yeah. knowing that she was, like, struggling with this, like, the whole time she right, was on Disney right. and everything, like, I'm sure that can be hard on, like, relationships. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, or is it June 2010? Yeah, Demi says they're both busy. Uh, Demi says she wishes the best for her. And then Demi also adds, true friends don't let their friends or family be mean to you. If you can't trust somebody, you can't be friends with them. And this article um, says that might have been aimed at Taylor Swift. <laughs> Which I don't, Taylor Swift was kind of problematic at the time. <laughs> um, April 2013, so three years later, uh, they show <clears throat> love for each other's music on Twitter. Uh, that's when Selena released Come and Get It, and Lovato had released Heart Attack. Uh, and then in May of that same year, uh, Demi says that she and Selena don't talk every day, but they're on good terms, which it happens. Um, June, uh, Lovato says... Oh, Demi said that Selena checked in on her after she checked into rehab in 2010. Um, and Selena's uh, said something about, like, I didn't reach out publicly because why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> no one needs to know. Um, 2014, August 2014, Demi unfollowed Selena on Twitter. Um, and she said, she commented on Andy Cohen about it. Page just refreshed. Oh. <laughs> she commented on Andy, Co- on Andy Cohen about it and she said, I think it's just one of those things where people change and people grow apart. 
A year later, in 2015, Selena wished Demi happy birthday over Twitter, and uh, Demi responded uh, just something friendly back. Nothing important. September 2015, uh, Demi posts a selfie with Selena on Instagram. Uh, that photo has since been deleted. In September 2015, Selena said that Demi was like family. She's like, what was that? Was that your, oh, that's your phone. <laughs> uh, she's like family at this point. It's nice to be able to see, see people that you grew up with succeed. July 2017, so two years later, they tweeted about how they were impressed by each other's music. Um, October 2017, Selena praised Demi's first documentary, Simply Complicated. October 2017, they reunited. I remember this photo. Do you remember this photo? No. They reunited at the InStyle Awards in LA. So this was, uh, what year was it? 2021? Four years ago. Okay, when did Selena get the kidney from her friend? That was only a couple years ago. Okay. Because I was just... <laughs> I'm the girl from Stigo Laughing, the American Teenager. <laughs> yeah. Well, this article didn't, like, talk about it, so I just wanted to no. know. Like, I'm sure Demi reached out, I imagine. I, I don't know. But yeah, there's this photo. Um, Selena's in a black dress. Demi's in this, like, purple pastel satin dress. I remember this photo because the internet was like, oh my god, like, <laughs> Um... I took this photo together, and then in January 2018, Selena unfollows 279 people on Instagram, including Demi. Uh, she still followed people like Amy Schumer, uh, Taylor Swift, the girl who gave her the kidney. <laughs> uh, September 2018, after Demi overdosed, Selena commented on the situation. And that's, just, that's where she's like, uh, I reached out to her personally. I love her. Uh, I just want the best. Um, November 2018, Dem uh, Demi unfollows Selena on Instagram, and a source says she wants to avoid any difficult relationships as part of her recovery. Uh, during that time, she also unfollowed Nick Jonas and Iggy Azalea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in January 2020, that's when uh, Demi made her comeback at the Grammys performing Anyone, and Selena congratulated her on that over Instagram. Um, April 2020, Demi says that they are not friends. Uh, and she wishes everyone nothing but the best. Um, God damn it, this page refreshed again. September, no, no, not that one. We missed, we missed a spot. April, no, fuck, stop it. April 2020, fans believe that Lovato had a fake Instagram account to bash <laughs> Selena. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say anything in this article about exactly what she said. Um... There's a source just said there's no animosity. And then in September, tw September 2020, um, there was that whole deal with Demi's fia quarantine fiance at the time and how he over social media for like years was like stalkerishly obsessed with Selena Gomez. And then he became engaged to Demi Lovato. It was weird. Like, look it up if you're interested, but it's wild. Yeah. Um... And then later that month, Selena said Demi is one of the best lyricists in the game right now. And that's the last update from September 2020. And that's the entire timeline of Demi and Selena. Thank you, Claudia at Insider. Yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, so let's get into the cast. So obviously we have Demi and Selena. Yeah. Uh, we, we already covered uh, Demi. Yeah, we already met Demi in Camp Rock. Uh, but Selena... 
Her first role ever was in Spy Kids 3. <laughs> uh, Junie was doing, like, private sector work. Because <laughs> he retired from being a spy. And she was a girl who hired him at a... <laughs> I think, like... She was, like, the daughter of the owner of a water park. And she's like, why is no one coming to the water park? And Junie's like, it's winter. <laughs> Uh, she was in that one episode of The Sweet Episode and Cody when they did A Midsummer's Night Dream and she kissed Zack. Um, she was supposed to be in a spinoff of Lizzie McGuire where she played Miranda's younger sister, Stevie. Thank God that did not happen. <laughs> uh, she's in a classic Another Cinderella Story. Oh my God, so good. It's, it's not as good as the Hilary Duff version, but it still holds up pretty well on its own. Yeah, it's real, like, not, it's not related to a Cinderella story at all. Like, as a separate entity. I mean, yeah, it's entity. just... A literal Cinderella story. But then they made story. a third one after that, and it's not worth your time. I've never seen it. I think I have, and it's not worth your time. Um, she played Michaela in those episodes of Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana's pop rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, she <clears throat> played Alex Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, she was in the Ramona and Beezus movie, and I have some complaints about this. Oh, uh, I liked it. <laughs> no, I thought it was a very good movie. I... Read all the Ramona books. I read, like, all Beverly Cleary as a kid. I loved Ramona. I thought Joey King as a child was the perfect casting for Ramona. However, they sort of... It's not just based on, like, one book. It's sort of, like, all these adventures of all of the books together. But they decided to name it Ramona and Beezus because Selena Gomez played Beezus. And she was, like, obviously this big star name that was going to, like, attract a lot of people. Even though... Beezus was definitely sort of, like, this movie is not about Ramona's relationship with Beezus. She is a side character. So I was sort of sad at that fact that they cast Selena Gomez and her, like, star power sort of overshadowed books based on, or a movie based on some real great books. Um, she was in this movie called Monte Carlo. Did you ever see that? Yes, I saw Monte Carlo in theater. Me too. It was it's fucking just terrible. Off brand Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally the only description you need. Our one of our dance themes in high school was Monte Carlo theme. Was it? Yeah. I oh, think, was that junior? Ring? I think so. It was not good. Yeah, it was bad. Sorry to people in that condition. <laughs> And they just put, like, uh... Well, we had to vote for themes. I don't think we just had any good options. I don't think anyone cared, either. I mean... the theme doesn't matter. Yeah, we never, like, did anything. I think they had, like, a, like, Party City, like, Vegas decoration on the table. Yeah. (laughs) Um... She was, uh, later in Spring Breakers. I never watched that. Spring Breakers? I didn't know this. Spring Breakers was an A24 movie, Mm -hmm. and I watched this video essay on YouTube about how, like, the rise of A24, and that was, like, their first big thing that they did, and because of the marketing of it, it was, like, super successful and made, like, so much money because they knew how to, like, market it very well, and that was the the beginning of the rise of A24. Selena Vanessa Hudgens and What's-Her-Face from Pretty Little Liars. Uh, yeah, Ashley Benson and James... James Franco. Yeah. Was it James? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, he was, he played a creepy dude in this movie. It was yeah. James Franco. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I I didn't see it in theaters, but me and my friend got it from Redbox when we watched it, and that was the first time I had ever seen, like, fully naked bodies in a movie. <laughs> I didn't know that you could do that, like, show that in the theaters. <laughs> I was in high school, so that's a little embarrassing, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, 
What would you have been doing watching a movie with fully naked people before high school? Uh, the spy who dumped me has a fully nude man. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, I I would have seen that in high school. Oh. Um, I did not watch it, although I was interested because of the cast that it had. <laughs> well, and, uh, spoiler, Selena ends up going home, like, really early in the movie, so she's not even, like... In the scandalous part. I mean, she's in some of the scandalous parts, but she misses, like, a lot of it, so... <laughs> Um, she was in the Hotel Transylvania franchise. She was in the big short. <laughs> they, during that movie, they, like, cut away to explain, like, financial terminology and stuff. So, uh, Ryan Gosty, like, looks at the camera and he's like, if you don't know what this means, here's Selena Gomez to explain it. And she explained it and I still did not understand what it meant. Um, she was in The Fundamentals of Caring on Netflix with Paul Rudd. It's a nice little movie. Um... And then she was in a Woody Allen movie in the year 2019. Ew. Yeah. In 2019, I knew Woody Allen was trash. <laughs> I don't know why everyone else didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I think she, like, came out later and was like, I regret this, whenever everyone else was like, I regret this. But, like, y'all, it was out there. It was out there. Yeah. Um, Selena Gomez's music career, so if you don't know, you probably do, she started out as Selena Gomez and The Scene. So, she had this, like, backup band called The Scene. Who are they? I don't know. But I truly believe she did her best music with The Scene. <laughs> I think she was trying to, you know, play into, like, the emo, The Scene. Maybe she's like, I want to be The Scene. Um, they had the songs Falling Down, Naturally, Tell Me Something I Don't Know, A Year Without Rain, Round and Round, Who Says, and Love Who You says. Like a Love Song. Yes, we love Who Says. Literally, like, this past year, I was listening to Who Says in the car, and I started to, like, get emotional. I'm like, Who Says? I love that song. <laughs> who Says I'm Not Perfect? <laughs> I do hate Love You Like a Love Song. She couldn't have yeah, come up with better annoying. lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she went solo, and her first solo song was uh, Come and Get It, and then she had Get It For You, uh, Same Old Love, Hands to Myself, The Heart Wants What It Wants, and Lose You to Love Me. I don't mind that one. Which one? Lose You to Love Me. It's fine. Most, yeah. if, yeah, a lot of these songs are about Justin Bieber. During this whole time, <laughs> if you don't know, she sometimes did and did not date Justin Bieber. I forget about that. Oh my god, okay, wait. Wasn't Justin Bieber, like, the first person she dated after Nick Jonas? <laughs> I think they were really young. Could you imagine dating Nick Jonas and then dating Justin Bieber? Like, at the time. Wow. Yeah, I remember where, like, their first, like, their first red carpet, carpet, like, announcement, and I was like, this is, this is definitely information <laughs> to take in. And then, wait, okay, so after Justin Bieber, she dated The Weeknd, right? Was there yeah. anybody in between that? But The Weeknd, <laughs> I just wild to me. It was, uh, they were, like, on and off. Yeah. It was a very bad, <laughs> really, I read somewhere that they moved in together when, like, he was 18 and she was 20. Ooh. And I'm like, yikes, y'all! <laughs> yikes. Uh, but I think they're both happy now, so good for them. Is she dating anyone now? Not that I know of. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> she should be focused on her health. <laughs> yeah, she, she's not that healthy. She has lupus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you are healthy. I don't know anything about lupus. Um, this movie also has our himbo king, Nicholas Braun. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't know, since we last watched Minutemen, the trailer for Zola was released. 
which also has Nicholas Braun, and it's so, it looks so good. It's so exciting. I can't wait. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like, I can't believe how much I didn't realize how much I loved Nicholas Braun until, like, this year. (laughs) Until we watched Minutemen. (laughs) Well, like, in Sky High, I always loved his character, and then, like, Minutemen, hilarious. This movie, still great. Great. Nicholas Braun, if you're out there, we'd love to have you on this podcast. Also, if you're single, hit me up. I was about to say, if you're single, <laughs> hey, we'd like to have a conversation. <laughs> um, next, we have Molly Hagen, who plays the director. Um, she was Addie's mom in Unfabulous. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Chung, who plays Chelsea. She was in uh, some episodes of Days of Our Lives, Greek, The Hangovers, 2 and 3, which I never saw. Uh, Big Hero 6, she played Mulan in Once Upon a Time. She was in Lovecraft Country, which I watched a few episodes of, but I never got into. Um, She was in an episode of Nora from Queens, which stars Aquafina. If you've never watched that show, I highly recommend. Um, And she is married to Jake Jagalski from One Tree Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's so funny. (laughs) She looked familiar. I wonder if I read an article that was like, who did the One Tree Hill people come up with? I, she's with. not in like one episode here and there of a lot of other things that yeah. I just didn't mention. Well, I looked I it. I looked it up, but I couldn't see anything where I would be like, "Yeah, that's what I know her from." <laughs> so it's probably this movie. Uh, Jake Jagalski should have ended up with Peyton. Fuck Lucas. <laughs> she should have moved in with Jake and his baby, and they would have lived happily ever after. In high school, she should have moved in, in high with school him and his baby. Well, she was also dating fucking Pete once in high school, who was a full grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that writing was not great. No. And Jake Chagelsi also had a baby when he was, like, 15, so. <laughs> um, let's see. Robert Adamson, who was in over 300 episodes of The Young and the Restless, if you watch that. I think he's Donnie. Um, and then Kevin G. Schmidt, who played one of the Baker kids in Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> oh, wow. Which he, one? Uh, he was the chubby kid who played clarinet and fell, oh my in the, God. and fell in the puke. Wait, wait, wait. He was the, like, one friend of Donnie. Like, yeah. He was, like, the little minion guy. That makes yeah. so much sense. He looked so familiar to me. Yeah, well, he definitely, like, went through puberty. <laughs> yeah. Because in Chief of the Desert, he sort of, like, short and chubby before he, like, hit a growth spurt and shot up. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember that. He was also in Young and the Restless, so oh. good for him. Uh, and that's all I have for people. Or the Princess Protection Program. Yeah, I had nothing. Oh, like, wait. Uh, later, so, so. Gomez's dad was in How to Get Away with Murder, if you watched that. <laughs> he in this movie. Oh, from the movie. From the Not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Demi and Selena are all I care about. Demi and Selena. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> it hurts to watch this sometimes. This, I got emotional watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we have to smile that the past happened and not... Be sad that it's not the past anymore. <laughs> As they said better than I just said it. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> okay, let's 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 start. I'm very tired today, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so we start out, the movie starts out with Carter, who is Selena Gomez. She's uh, working at a bait shop. Yeah, we're, this, this takes place in the Louisiana Bayou, if you will. No one has an accent. No. I mean, it's for the better, because the accents would have been horrible, yeah, but. there's not a single bug anywhere, which yeah. is unrealistic. They, like, they mention they're in Louisiana so much, but then they never, like, do anything to prove it besides th- we see the swamp a couple times. Yeah, Selena Gomez literally lives in the swamp. <laughs> Get out me swamp. 
Uh, yeah, Carter is working in her dad's bait shop. Um, Donnie, this 17-year-old boy, thinks to himself, oh, I should buy bait at 7 a.m. before school. Yeah, so he throws <laughs> this bag of bait on the counter, and Carter's about to, like, yell at whoever did that, but then she sees it's Donnie, and she's like, oh, it's free for you because you agreed to drive me to school, so I don't have to ride the bus anymore. He doesn't remember her name. Yeah. So it's very obvious that Carter has this huge crush on Donnie that, and he does not reciprocate. Yeah, so she follows him to his car, and um, whenever she gets to his car, there's, like, two other people, so it's, like, a four-seat car, well, three-seat car besides the driver's position, the driver's seat, and- No, the- it's a four-seat car. <laughs> yeah, well, including the driver. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's two girls, in the one in the front, one in the back, and then there's, like, clothes sitting on the seat, and she's like, well, where am I gonna sit? And he's like, there's another seat. And they're like, we can't possibly move these clothes. They need to dry and stay wrinkle-free so I can change after lunch. They're obviously these popular girls and don't want her to be a part of this. And so instead of Donnie being like, hey, move your shit, I offer, like, agreed to drive this girl to school, he's just like, okay, bye, and he drives means. off. He's like, well, I bought my bait this morning. Bye. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so dad has to drive her to school. Um, yeah, and then I wrote, why was he buying bait before school? <laughs> also, this seems like like an agreement they had. Like, he would drive right. her to school every day, and she would give him free bait. Right, this seems like a chore to him. Like, why would he come? Like, there's no other houses around here. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly, like, out of the way. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Um, so in the car on the way to school, Carter complains about these girls, calling them, like, princesses as an insult because they care about, like, material things and the way they look and stuff like that. It was 2009 and internalized misogyny <laughs> was running rampant, everyone. Well, listen, this is a journey that Carter goes through. Well, I know, but the writing does not help. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dad gets a call from work. Um, Carter guesses that he has to leave and he's like, it's just a routine operation. And he'll be back in two days. Yeah, so they pull up to school and say goodbye. So over in the small country of Costa Luna, Her Royal Highness Prince uh, Rosalinda Marie Montoya Fiore, Princesa de Costa Luna, is rehearsing for her coronation in the palace. Yeah, so we cut to <clears throat> Rosalinda's mom talking to dad, and she's saying that her whenever her husband died, Rosalinda like will become the queen now. And so well, I, don't, I don't understand why mom wouldn't become the queen. Because she married into it, and she's, like, Rosalinda's the blood, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, um, she's talking about how, like, that's a lot of pressure for a teenager, and she's worried that General Kane will take advantage of that. And so Dad's like, don't worry about it, we promise to protect her. Yeah, Dad is in, like, this military uniform of Costa Luna, and I want to point out that everyone in this country has a Spanish accent, except for the Princesa. Yeah. She speaks in, like, the most proper English. Well, she also has, she knows all of these languages, we learn later, because yeah, that's the job the, of a princess. She's the only one in her country that doesn't have an accent. Yeah. Uh, Dad promises to protect her, and then that's whenever uh, uh, her mom gets called over, and I guess they're practicing the coronation outside now, instead of inside, it's, like, all part of the palace. Yeah, so they're, like, in this little outside area. They're about to put, place the crown on her head, but then, if no one objects, but that's when General Kane comes in, throws a sword through the crown. It ends up, like, like right above, above her head. Yeah. And so he's like, ah, uh, this cannot happen. She is too young. And, and I'm staging a coup. 
Yeah. So, uh, okay. So he's like the president of Costa Australia, which is like the neighbor country to Costa Luna. I get it, Luna and Australia. No, I get it. But like, I don't understand. So he, yeah, he declares himself president of both countries now. And then he tells the guards to seize them. Yeah. So dad, like, dad's like watching like over a balcony. So he cuts a banner and like flies down to the ground to take Rosalinda. Why did he not come in before? I don't know. They meet mom in a stairwell and she's like, oh, I thought this was going to happen. So I called Major Mason here. Uh, Mom gives her this locket before uh, dad takes Rosalinda to escape in a helicopter. Well, yeah, she's like, trust him. Like, you can trust him and I'm going to have to stay here, which Rosalinda does not want to do. She obviously doesn't want to leave her mom, but she's like, you have to do this. You have to get away. Yeah, so General Kane uh, expects Rosalinda will try to, since she's a teenage girl, will try to contact her mom, and then he'll find her and put them both in jail, because that's definitely what dictators do to... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not just fucking kill them. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rosalinda and Dad are dropped off on this, like, deserted island, and they enter this, like, high-tech safe house, and this woman appears on screen... And she tells Rosalinda that she's in protection with the International Princess Protection Program. And I was confused for a second because I thought, like, I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I thought Princess Protection Program was just, like, the name of the movie. I didn't realize it was, like, an actual agency. And I was like, who does dad work for? Is he, is this a part of the U.S. military? Is <laughs> I feel like it's probably, like, the U.N. Or yeah, like, no, it's definitely, like, some Well, it's sort international. Of, yeah, so. international, like, neutral to help, uh... Uh, monarchies across the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No princess, no princes, though. Like, fuck them. <laughs> Only the girls. Yeah. <laughs> no kings or queens Well, maybe either. there's a, a male division and a female division. They yeah. just work in the female division, maybe. the princess one. Neither their parents, either. Fuck them, too. Yeah. Um, so Rosie gets off the elevator at PPP headquarters, uh, meets the director herself. They um, say that they're currently protecting 29 princesses. How many countries still have monarchies? I have no idea. I did not look it up. Because that's a lot. Um, she also says that they're funded by the world's royal families. Yeah, I guess it's like insurance. Like, every family has to put some money in every month in case their family needs us at some point. I guess. They, like, briefly, like, show, like, all these other uh, princesses that they're protecting, um... And they descend at this escalator to the transformation lobby because Ro- Rosalinda can't look like herself when she goes into hiding. Um, Rosie or Rosalinda is like freaking out. She asks to speak to Dad, and she's like, "I want to go back to my country." Um, but Dad is like, "Well, if you care about your mom or your country, then you have to like participate and stay in hiding." Um, so they give her a haircut and normal clothes they just give her these awful layers it's like it's like shorter than shoulder length in the back but still her hair is like to her chest like the the longest layer yeah well her hair was like cult like long but like her transformation it's literally just a haircut and like jeans yeah like, way to go. And her new name is Rosie Gonzalez. Like, wow, you could have come up with anything a little <laughs> bit more inconspicuous? No. <laughs> like, hmm, I'm looking for Princesa Rosalinda. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> what could it be another name she goes by? Right. Um, so Rosie gets relocated to Louisiana with Dad because he is the only one she trusts. Yeah. Um, Dad and Rosie arrive at home, literally on the bayou, 
as Carter arrives home on the bus, uh, or a little bit later, Carter arrives home on the bus and she sees, like, Dad's car is there, so she runs inside to find this teenage girl sitting in her bedroom. Yeah, her dad didn't think to, like, maybe wait for her to get off the bus and warn her that this was happening. <laughs> or, like, text her. <laughs> nothing. Also, Rosie is just, like, literally sitting there doing nothing. We yeah. don't know how long she's been <laughs> sitting there just doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Rosie's like, uh, Carter's like, what are you doing here? And Rosie's like, this is my room. Uh, so Carter goes to find Dad, who's, like, on the dock, like, collecting bait, and she's uh, rightfully angry that he didn't say anything. Well, yeah, she's yelling at him, and Dad's like, I had no choice. And he's like, just help Rosie blend in. Just, like, he's, no excuse. He's just like, okay, now you need to do my job for me, too. Right, well, also, this is the point where I realize where Carter is, like, fully aware of Dad's job and what he does. Yeah, because we didn't know before. Like, he answered his phone, but we didn't hear what happened. Yeah. Um, so, they're, Carter and her dad are, like, talking, and they're kind of, like, goofing around a little bit, and, like, Rosie's watching them from the window. Um, Carter walks back in, and she's like, this is your room, but this is also my room, and describes the concept of sharing, and then leaves. Yeah. They treat Rosie like such an idiot. I, I mean, <laughs> the writing is bad, too, because she's like, well, this is my room, as if she's never heard of sharing a room. Right, like, it... Like, she may be, like, out of the loop, but I feel like you cannot be that stupid. Yeah. Um, so later at night, Dad tells Carter to bring Rosie some pizza because, well, again, she is just sitting in Carter's room doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, they're playing cards in the living room, and Rosie's just sitting in her room, not doing anything. I'm like, sure they, like, invited her, but... sitting there. Like, they don't even give her, like, oh, like, here's a TV. Right. Yeah, or book. <laughs> She's just sitting there doing the second time today. Um, yeah, Rosie's, like, doesn't want to eat anything, so Carter, like, tries to bring her some more pizza, but Rosie's like, I want to go to sleep. You may help me prepare for bed. I would like a silk nightgown. Preferably pink. Yeah, and Carter's like, no. (laughs) Just hands her pajamas. Yeah, she, like, throws pajamas at her. Um, Rosie asks to go to the bathroom in Spanish. The only time she randomly speaks Spanish. Um, and Rosie screams when she sees a lizard on the stairs, because, you know, they live on the bayou. But yeah. again, there should be 12 million bugs. But also, Carter's so annoyed that she freaked out about a lizard. I would freak out if I went into a bathroom and there was a lizard <laughs> there, too. That's a valid freak out. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a large lizard. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, Dad and Carter are chaotically, like, getting everything out of the cabinets for breakfast. They're having, like, cereal and coffee. And they tell Ro- Rosie to just, like, grab whatever she wants. But she, like, doesn't know what to do. Um, and that's when the bus gets there. So Rosie needs to go off to the bus with them. Oh, at school, they're going to tell everybody that they're cousins. That's the plan. Um, so they got onto the bus. Uh, Dad gets a call from the Princess Protection Program director to confirm that Rosie is safe. And he says that she is. That was kind of pointless. Um, at school, yeah, I didn't write that part down. <laughs> at school, they get off the bus and Ed, Nicholas Braun, Ugh, is recording <laughs> automatically. He's like, the road to royalty. This bait girl is going to become the queen or something. Like he's recording uh, <laughs> he's Carter. He's a documentary. Yeah, he's recording Carter as she gets off the bus and then also Rosie because Rosie's by Carter. Carter's just kind of like, oh, shut up, Ed. Yeah. And so Ed meets Rosie, and he's like, oh, I'm making a documentary about the homecoming queen. Rosie's never heard of homecoming. Um, and that's whenever Carter, <laughs> oh, like, pulls talks. her aside. It's so annoying. She's like, what is this homecoming that you speak of? Yeah. And then he's like, where are you from? And Carter says Iowa for some reason. But she pulls uh, Rosie aside, and she gets mad at her. She's like, try harder to be normal, even though it's been two minutes. Yeah. 
Um, so Carter, in class, Carter pulls Ed into the desk next to her to prevent Rosie from sitting there. So instead of going to any other open seat in the classroom, she taps on Donnie's shoulder, who's, uh, like, sitting on top of a desk, like, to talk to a friend. Um, and she's like, uh, may I, like, may I sit in this seat or yeah, can I, like, may I, I have, have this yeah. seat? And Donnie goes, I'm sorry, I think this is school property. <clears throat> and then he, like, like high-fives his friend, like, eh, that was so funny. Well, yeah, <sighs> everyone laughs like this is hilarious, but then as he turns around and sees that Rosie's a hot girl, he changes his tune and he's like, oh yeah, sure, here you go. Yeah, so he gives her her seat. Carter is, like, visibly upset because Donnie looks at his friends and he's like, she's hot. Yeah. Um, the French teacher greets class and Rosie starts responding in fluent, uh, flawless French. Yeah. And, like, they begin having this conversation. And, and in this conversation, she mentions it's all of the languages that she also speaks, yeah. which is, like, a bunch. Um, we briefly, like, see a scene that, the, like, it's, there's still problems in Costa Luna. It, it, it doesn't yeah. add anything to the movie. Um, Rosie begins to cut everyone in line at lunch, and she gets yelled at until Donnie, who's up in the front, lets her in front of her. Like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, Rosie walks past Carter's lunch table, uh, which is full, and just goes over to sit down by herself. Um, Donnie is very clearly checking her out, and Chelsea, the girl from the car, is like, mm, she's dangerous. Uh, so Carter goes down to sit next to Rosie, who begins eating a hamburger with a fork and knife. Which, I just want to say, my mom eats pizza with a fork and a knife. <laughs> it's not that weird. <laughs> in high school, anything is weird. I guess, Especially yeah. if you're the new girl. Yeah, Carter's like, you need to blend in, and shows her how to eat a hamburger. Um, a teacher, like, uh, gets everyone's attention to make an announcement. He says that Homecoming Queen nominations are next Monday. Uh, three girls will become finalists, a.k.a. Homecoming Princesses, and a queen will be crowned Friday at the dance. No king. <laughs> yeah because who needs him fuck him i guess um that's whenever the, he talks about like the characteristics the princess has blah blah, blah 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 and then rosie stands up on her seat and is like i nominate carter so carter runs off because she's like Rightfully. what the fuck i did not sign up for this he's like uh absolutely not yeah, uh, so at home, Carter is still running from Rosie, and she's like... And they make it seem like Carter just, like, ran out of the cafeteria and didn't stop until she got home. Like, it's, like, like obviously, it's, like, it's after school. Yeah. But... Yeah. And so, uh, she's, like, running away from her, and they argue a little bit. Carter... Uh, Dad, like, comes to intervene, and she's like, she can't act normal. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do. And Dad's like, hey, it's been a day. Maybe right. just, like, give her some time and calm down. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, <laughs> she's, like, 16. Yeah, but then that night, Rosie is crying in the room, holding her necklace, obviously missing her mother and not knowing what it's like to be in this foreign country with these people. So. Right, and not knowing, like, any... Like, Costa Luna is very clearly, like, uh, isolated from the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, so, the next day, Carter is doing chores, and Rosie's like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, chores. She's like, here, I'll teach you how to do some. So, she t tells her to, like, start counting the bait. Live worms. Rosie screams a little because it's, like, gross. And then Carter goes to talk to Dad a little bit. I didn't write down anything they said. Didn't I, seem important. important. But Rosie screams, and then all of the containers of live bait fell on her. They're covered her, covered her up. So, she goes to take a bath. And that's whenever Dad and Carter, like, clean up and they kind of laugh a little bit. Uh, later on, they go inside and uh, 
Rosie set up for dinner. She said that she wanted to prepare something traditional for them to thank them for everything they're doing for her. Chicken and, and rice. Well, yeah. <laughs> Carter's immediately like, well, we were going to have pizza. Like, I don't want to do this. But Dad's like, hey, just be fucking like, nice. Hey, this teenage girl just cooked us delicious food. I wanna, Shut up, Carter. <laughs> I want to know, did she go to the store and buy this chicken? Did they have chicken just in the house? Because we never see them cook. Yeah. I want to know about that. Anyway. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she makes Maybe food. there's like a corner mart like over the hill that their driveway is. Did she just take money? How did she get money? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, oh, they probably gave her some like currency. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, she talks about how like Oh, so dad compliments the food. He's like, oh, this is really she, good. We haven't she, had home cooking in a long time. She's wearing a flower crown, and then she gives dad a flower crown. <laughs> so, like, maybe it's a custom for, like, special dinners <laughs> in Costa Luna that they wear flower crowns. They don't explain it. Yeah, Carter has to put one on, too. But as they eat the food, like I said, dad is, like, impressed. He's like, it's been a long time. Yeah, he's, like, like, trying had... to, like, you know, like, make her feel comfortable. Yeah, and Carter's like, how'd you learn how to cook anyway? You're a princess. Didn't you have people to do this for you? And Rosie's like, oh, well, my mom was a peasant, so she's yeah, like. She's <laughs> my mom was a peasant, so she taught me recipes. Yeah, so she <laughs> had, casually. she knew how to cook, so she taught them to me. Same. That's what my kids are going to say about me. My mom was a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> you did not teach them how to cook. No. So she didn't know how to cook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carter's obviously uncomfortable the whole time, so she lashes out again at Rosie. Yeah, she's like, well, it must be nice to play peasant for a day. Like, I don't, <laughs> again, like, I don't really, I obviously this is a lot for Carter to go through, um, and we also know she definitely has this internalized misogyny for herself, like all these, um, uh, stereotypes about Rosie because who she is and where she comes from. Well, and, and we also never learn anything about her mom. Like, we don't right. know, like, did her mom leave? Was her mom not never in the picture? Did her mom die? Like, what Maybe happened? Maybe her mom left because her dad was always, had to fly around the world and protect princesses. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so she's like, must be nice to play peasant for a day. And it's also, like, this is how we live all the time, Rosie. Like, you don't get it. Yeah. Um, Rosie excuses herself, obviously, and Dad gives Carter a look that's like, go apologize. So, uh, in her room, Rosie's sitting there. Um, Rosie, the sheets that she's laying on are the sheets that I have. I was gonna say, <laughs> that was so accurate to the time. Everyone had those sheets. That made sense. <laughs> me, it's like those purple, green, blue striped ones. Some people had polka dot versions. Both had those sheets. Yeah. They were so popular. Yeah. Yeah, I do know other people who have them, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in the room, Rosie is telling Carter that she does not know her, and Rosie explains that, like... <laughs> she's like, my life is hard, too. My mother was taken hostage. Yeah, well, she just <laughs> explains, like, how important her country is to her, and that, like, when her dad died, he left it to her, and now she is tasked with, like, having to save everyone, even though she's 16 years old. Yeah, and so Carter's like, oh, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about her mom being held hostage, and she's like, I have to stay here to keep them safe, but I don't know what's going on. And then she's like, I don't know what I did to make you hate me, but yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, I'll do my best to blend in, but I have to do that to save my mother's life. Yeah, and Carter's like, oh, I feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, so Carter's like, let's start over. <laughs> and then, But then she's also like, but still, lighten up on the princess stuff. It's annoying. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Rosie's like, okay, I will be typical American teenager, and Carter's like, 
I know how to do that. We're going to go to the good old-fashioned American bowling alley. Yes. Where all the teens (laughs) hang out on, like, a school night. I guess. Ed works at the bowling alley because, of course, he does. I love that for him. (laughs) So they go over to get their shoes, and Ed already knows Carter's size because, of course, he does. Because he's so thoughtful like that. Um, (laughs) He asks Rosie for her size, and she says, I don't know. All of my shoes are custom-made. Well, also, like... Shoe sizes are different than well, what they are. In but America. she could like take off the shoe she was wearing and like give it to him because she's just like just guess. <laughs> so he just picks a random shoe and then she sits up on the counter waiting for him to put the shoes on her, which he does. Yeah, well, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, like that's kind of funny. <laughs> All right, let's do that. <laughs> So he goes to put the shoes on her, and Chelsea and her friend Brooke are, like, watching this happen. They're like, oh my god, how come her no one does Brooke? that? Brooke? Yeah. I called her friend this whole movie. Yeah, they call it Brookie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, her name's Brooke. Uh, they watch this happen. They're like, oh my god, why doesn't anyone do that for us? We have to do something. Yeah, so they stick out their foot to these two random boys, and they're like, tie our shoe! And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so after Ed finished putting Rosie's shoe on, um, I just want to point out that <laughs> this movie was the first time I saw Selena Gomez, like, side by side with Nicholas Brock. I was gonna say that. He is so incredibly <laughs> he is, large. He's well, so sure tall. Selena Gomez probably, like, at, like 5'2 or 5'3 herself. Yeah, she's short. But like, like there's, the like, height- a full, like, two-foot difference between them. It is so funny. Yeah. It's really funny. That, yeah, Carter comes over and yells at her again. She's like, hey, remember the whole be normal normal thing? So they go, she tells her to, like, pick out a ball so they can start bowling. She goes to grab it, I guess not realizing that bowling balls are heavy. And she's about- I've never played bowling before. She's about to drop it, but Donnie comes over and catches it for her and then carries it over for her. Yeah. Um, and then again, Carter's like, hey, you don't need to do that. She, she can do it herself. We're gonna play bowling now. Right, so Donnie goes back over to his lane, and Rosie is like, oh, you like Donnie. Um, and Carter's like, what? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, she's Rosie's like, like, no, like, he looks at you the same, no, you look at him the same way Ed looks at you. <laughs> like, oh, Rosie, call her out, girl. She picked up on it already. <laughs> um, Rosie, uh, obviously, like, doesn't know how to bowl, so... She watches Chelsea, like, go up in the lane next to her and just, like, sort of copies what she does. Also, okay, Chelsea, a popular girl, has, like, perfect bowling form? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm calling bullshit on that. Being good at bowling is not a trait of being popular. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, we watched a whole movie where kids get get bullied for bowling. Right. (laughs) Bowling isn't cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. We like bowling. Yeah, I like bowling. I have nothing against people who bowl. But, but like, in the American stereotypical hierarchy that we see in the media. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> you're if not the, cool if, if you're a bowler. And if the popular kids go bowling, they're not like super good at it because they don't right. do it all the time. They just like sit there and eat. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Probably like try to get free beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Rosie goes up, follows what she does, and gets a strike. And everyone and, cheers. Yeah. For one strike, bitch! That doesn't happen! (laughs) Everyone cheers, and Carter just decides that she's gonna leave her there, apparently. I don't blame her. (laughs) Well, she goes and returns her shoes, and she's like, okay, bye! (laughs) Yeah, so Rosie ends up, like, bowling a perfect fucking game. Yeah. Uh, um, that's whenever Chelsea and Brooke come over and try to befriend Rosie, and they're like- Because they're worried that Rosie's gonna come for the homecoming crown, so what's- What's the best way to take down your enemies? Pretend to be their friend. Yeah. Get them close. Make them trust you. Yeah. Uh, so at home, Rosie asks Carter why she likes Donnie, and Carter's like, okay, like, he kissed me in third grade, and I've been obsessed with him ever since. Um, C- Rosie talks about, like, oh, like, we should go bowling again tomorrow, but Carter's like, no, I have to work at the shop tomorrow. 
Um, and Rosie offers to help, but Carter, like, very, very much feeling, um, like, overwhelmed and... Suffocated? Yes, yeah, that's the word I was looking for, <laughs> suffocated. She's like, why don't you get your own job? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, Rosie's been with her all the time, which I also get, because if right. you're in a foreign country, but, like, yeah, Carter's like, I need to be alone. <laughs> yeah, so Rosie decides to take that literally and gets herself a job. Um, she ends up working at this frozen yogurt place that uh, Chelsea's dad owns. It's like a franchise, apparently. She teaches her nothing about doing this job. Listen. She takes her to the back and she's like, oh, you just scoop it onto the cones. Okay, bye. Listen. <laughs> I worked at a Dairy Queen and I got like little to no training. And there's, like, a very specific way. It's, like, very much the same where, like, you, like, pull a pump and then, like, the ice cream comes out. And there's, like, a, like, specific way that you have to, like, stack the ice cream, like, balls on top of each other. I got little to no training. And then, like, every time I messed up, they'd be like, mm, you suck. And I was eventually, technically, it's a long story, fired. <laughs> so I feel for Rosie in this scene. Yeah. So Chelsea's like, okay, have fun. Bye. She goes out to the car where she and Brooke are sitting and they have some plan. Yeah. It's very obvious that it's like a plot to embarrass Rosie. Yeah. Um, Ed is just like casually hanging out with Carter while she works. <laughs> yeah. He's taking videos again for his documentary. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so they're talking about like homecoming and like the homecoming princesses and Carter Along the lines, she thinks, like, the whole concept of being a princess is shallow because it's only based on, like, material items. Uh, clearly this is, and like... And being pretty. Right. Clearly this is a stereotype that she's learning. She's like, I want to do something more important in life, like my dad. Obviously referencing to his work in the Princess Protection Program, but Ed goes, he does sell some sick bait. <laughs> and Carter's like, yeah. I hope that was ad-libbed. <laughs> I think Nicholas Braun could add that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then Ed asks where Rosie is, and that's whenever she he gets a text telling him. So I guess they texted everyone in the school, like, Rosie's working at the Froyo place, and she's embarrassing herself. Ha ha ha. Yeah, so we cut to see, like, Rosie is struggling with the Froyo machine. Like, it's on, the yogurt just, like, keeps falling from the machine. She can't get it to, like, stack right on the cone. On the cone. Because, like, you do have to, like, learn how to do it. I yeah. literally wrote, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there are so many people in the, in the Froyo place. She's the only one working for some reason. Yeah. And everyone, it's, like, packed, they're and they're like, all, like, yelling. Watching and, like, laughing laughing at her yeah yeah um, so then uh outside something goes on like donnie, donnie says, tells chelsea to go help her because she's like dying in there yeah so chelsea whispers something to donnie's friend yeah <laughs> i don't know what his name is mm -hmm. and so the boy sneaks into the kitchen he pushes this like big red button that says tank self-clean and all the froyo machines just start going crazy yeah like, spewing froyo everywhere um, which causes Rosie to just, like, become covered in Froyo, which, um, definitely has happened to me. I <laughs> there was one time where I was, like, um, making some, I don't know, like, a blizzard or something, and not once, but twice, the machine, like, didn't spew out, like, ice cream like it should. It was just, like, raw, soft-serve mix, and the cup that it had to be in was, um, like, a bowl, kind of. So this ice cream just, like, splashed up all over the bowl and all on to me twice. So much so that if you, like, pushed my shirt, like, ice cream would literally come out of it. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's really struggling. Everyone is laughing at her. 
Um, and that's whenever Ed and uh, Carter. Carter get there. <laughs> so they go to help her as everyone's laughing. And Carter is, like, pissed right now. She's like, Chelsea did this. She set you up. Like, we have to do something about this. But Rosie's like, no, I will turn the other cheek. Yeah, that's she, what like, the princess does. She also, like, catches a glimpse of the boy, like, sneaking out of the kitchen. Yeah. And so she's like, we will take the high road. So we see Carter grab a cone. And as they're, like, walking out, she breaks it on the guy who she saw, like, set Rosie up's head. And then everyone laughs at them. Yeah, while Rosie's just, like, walking through the crowd, like, raising her head high. Yeah, so, uh, outside, Chelsea and Brooke realize that Carter could be the third princess because they feel like they've already gotten Rosie out by embarrassing her, and so they freak out. They're like, we have to stop her from becoming princess. They're also like, this didn't work, everyone still thinks Rosie is cool. Yeah, (laughs) and so they're like, we have a plan, and they just text everyone, I guess, like, vote for us, not Carter. Yeah, so at home, Carter is teaching Rosie how to burp with sodas, like typical American teenagers. Yeah. Um, Rosie brings up her close family friend, her royal dress designer, Mr. Elegante. Um, If there's an emergency, he is the first person that she would call. Um, Carter is like, oh, like, you have a royal dress designer? You've got to be kidding me. But Rosie's like, you know, there's more to royalty than, like, all this stuff. Like, it obviously is a little bit about how you look. But um, there's, you know, all these responsibilities and, like, you're literally the ruler of a country and there's all these decisions you have to make. Um, And Rosie's like, you know, like, I want to be like my father was when he was king. I want to make a difference. Uh, My father, he had everyone in the country country refer to him as, like, friend, brother, uh, neighbor, something like that, uh, to not put him up, like, on a higher pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Carter's like, oh... You want to do something more with your life. Just you like want to make I a difference. <laughs> yeah. And so they bond. Yeah. Rosie thanks her for helping her that day. And she's like, I now know what a true friend is. And Carter's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, at this point, Rosie like burps again. And it looks like they're like laughing like genuinely because here we get a glimpse of Demi's thousand kilowatt smile that we all know and love yeah (laughs) it's so it's so sweet and innocent and so long ago (laughs) i know it's so pure i love it so much yeah yeah so we cut quickly to costa luna where general kane says that he's announcing that he's engaged to uh rosie's mom and she's like well i'm never gonna marry you and he's like i know but it will hit the tabloids and then uh rosalinda will have no choice but to call and then we'll know where she is and that's his evil plan (laughs) Uh, so at school the teacher at lunch makes uh the announcement that um of the three homecoming princesses they are chelsea carter and rosie um carter rosie is very pleased that carter got nominated but carter is not yeah um chelsea and brooke's plan was to tell people to vote for carter instead of rosie but it turns out everyone voted for the both of them yeah, also, it Chelsea... It seems like they don't have a lot of power here in the school. Chelsea yells at Brooke for not being more popular. She's like, <laughs> it would have just been one of them if you were more popular. And Brooke's like, what the fuck? Um, Donnie asks Rosie to the, homecoming dan- to the homecoming dance, and Carter runs away upset before she sees Rosie decline his invitation. Um, at home... Rosie is, like, basically, basically like, reassuring Carter of her self-worth. Well, yeah, <laughs> Carter says that she's humiliated, and Rosie's like, Donnie is not worthy of you. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, you're if a princess now. If he doesn't know your name, like, don't give him the time of day. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Rosie decides, she's like, well, you taught, like, you're a homecoming princess now. You taught me how to be a teenager, so I'm going to teach you how to be a princess. Because being a princess is about what you have to offer to the world and who you are inside. Yeah, so we had a little montage of Carter finding her in a princess. And over this montage is one in the same. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so. <laughs> the song that was made for this movie, that was sung by the both of them, if you know. Yeah, so they do things like they're doing community service, like reading to children and balancing a book on their head and all of this stuff. They try on dresses for the dance and they find the ones. And um, after this, Carter tells Rosie that she's her best friend. And Rosie is like, oh my god, yeah, you too, girl. Uh, Brooke sees Rosie is... Oh, oh, yeah. So they say that they're best friends. That's the end of that scene. Then we see Brooke is at the library and she's like, oh, I need a, a book for Spanish, but something really easy to read. So they give her a magazine. And it just so happens to have a picture of Rosalinda and her mother. And she's like, Princessa Rosalinda. And so she knows about everything. And uh, then the Princess Protection Program director calls Dad and says that the engagement is in the tabloids and that it needs to be kept from Rosie or else she's going to try and contact her mom. they know it's a trap. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, Chelsea is setting up for the homecoming dance. Uh, They're putting this, they're trying to figure out where to put this throne where the homecoming queen is going to sit. Did this throne look familiar? Yeah, it's the to exact you? same. <laughs> our school, so our school doesn't do like homecoming, like queen or anything, but we do. Like, we have like this fundraiser weekend where it's like a competition between classes. And seniors win all the time. Yeah, to see who can win, the, who can raise the most money. And, and there's three from every class. There's like the one favorite from the class. It's literally what it's called, the favorite. Yeah, but it's not like like you don't like campaign for it. Yeah, like, well, and then weird. the other two people are called campaign managers, which... Yeah, I don't know. I think back in the day it probably made more sense <laughs> if this was, like, actually a competition, but, yeah. Yeah, like, you no just one, vote like, for, really care. You get a list of the entire class, and each day in homeroom you vote for however many people they tell you to vote for. Yeah, it's it's definitely not, like, like a homecoming queen. Like, they make, like, at first you vote for your friends, and then you just... I don't know. Vote, vote for, for whoever. Whoever you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> there was one year where I was in the top five, and um, one of the people who was supposed to be in the top five didn't want to do it, so they didn't sign their form, so then, like, the next person who had, like, the most votes got into the top five, and then she got a spot over me. So, I was a little <laughs> sad about it, but it's fine. I never made it past the first round. I don't think I never paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't think I like actively told our friends like, "Hey, vote for me." But <laughs> I was still a little disappointed when I did not. I was not one of them. Mm. So that's it. So yeah, but whoever wins, like whoever's class raises raises the most money, their favorite gets crowned queen, and it's the same throne. Well, yeah, as it's in like this, this. It's like a wicker, like rattan chair. Yeah, I just thought it was like some cheap shit they found at. The yeah, store. I guess that this is like a real thing. <laughs> Maybe it's from like Party City. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um. That's whenever Brooke tells her about the magazine and that. Um, Rosie's oh, if we a show her that we know, then we can get a Rosie to drop out of the race. Yeah, and they even show her the article where her mother's in prison. Yeah, they they come to, like, Carter's house. Carter's, like, out working on the docks, and Dad tells them that Rosie's in her room, and they reveal, like, they know her identity and that she's in hiding. So Rosie's like, okay, whatever, like, I'll drop out, but you can't tell anyone, and you're also not going to tell Carter to drop out because this is important for her, whether she knows it or not. Yeah. Um, so they're just like, okay, and they, like, grab their, grab their homecoming dresses that are, like, sitting there and throw them in the mud as they leave. Um, so Carter enters, like, the bedroom. She's like, did you see what just happened? And Rosie's, like, sitting there crying. So she's like, what's wrong? And Rosie's like, I have to go home. And she tells Carter about the engagement. 
and Rosie's like, I have to go, like, protect my country, protect my mom, I have to get back to reality, and Carter's like, no, if you go home, you will end up in jail. Yeah, and you can't protect your country from there. Right. And Rosie's like, I have to go back and lead, uh, but Carter's like, you won't be able to do anything. Uh, so then... Yeah, Rosie leaves, and Carter's like, okay, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. Yeah. So Carter calls Mr. Elegante, which... <laughs> Seems like a bad plan, because why yeah. would Mr. Elegante be getting a call from Louisiana? Well, yeah, they could just track that, but it's right. fine, I guess. Anyway, she's like, listen, like, I'm a friend of Rosie, she wants to come home, and uh, we both know she can't do that, so I need your help. And she's like, I need two custom-made dresses. So, Carter, um, uh, back out on the docks, she's like, listen, like, I know you want to leave, but um, I was want like, since you're a princess and it's a princess's job to help others, like, you know, you've helped me this week. Um, I was wondering if you could stay until Friday after the dance. Um, so Carter begins, like, rallying these troops for this big plan that she has. Yeah, basically they just want to have, like, the normal people of the classes become princesses. Just, like, feel good about themselves. Yeah, well, they do, like, the same princess school that they do, like, they teach them how to walk and do all this stuff. We get another little montage of that. Like, people who wouldn't normally, like, you know, like, get, like, their People who are not seemingly popular. Right. Just, and, like, it's sort of, like, the same way that, like, Rosie has helped Carter feel over this past week. Like, it's okay to feel beautiful on the outside as long as you feel beautiful on the inside, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Costa Luna, and Mr. Elegante is telling General Kane that he's been contacted. And so General Kane is like, well, we're flying to Louisiana then. You did the right thing telling me. Um, and that's whenever he goes into the room and he's like, well, I have to make these dresses. And he's like, this is Caribbean blue. This is for the princessa. It will complement her skin. She will be in this one at the dance that we will kidnap her from tonight. Yeah. Um, but the general doesn't see that Mr. Elegante also made a pink dress. And we all know Rosalinda's color is pink. That has been early (laughs) established early on. Um, Carter opens up the dresses from Mr. Elegante, which got there, like, literally overnight from this country, probably somewhere in the middle of, like, I don't know. I don't know. Around Central America-ish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so she picks out the dress. She's like, oh, the blue one is for me, and this is the pink one for you. And she's like, I called Mr. Elegante because it was a fashion emergency. (laughs) And Rosie isn't, like, concerned about that either. She doesn't think, like, oh, that's a red flag. Um, so the other girls arrive and everyone's getting ready. And they all, like, put on these masks before leaving. And, uh, they get there on a school bus. And so whenever the school bus arrives, a bunch of, like, masked girls step off and make their entrance. Yeah, this is not a masquerade party. They all just (laughs) made it a masquerade, basically. Well, it's all part of the plan. Well, yeah, but they made it a masquerade. And Chelsea is very upset about this. Have fun. Do what you want. Yeah. Um, Donnie goes in the middle. So, yeah, so Carter and Rosie are, like, in the dance. They're having fun. They're dancing with other people. Donnie comes up and asks Carter to dance, and she's like, no, because she knows her worth now. Well, yeah, she's like, you didn't even know my name until I came up here in this pretty dress. In this hot dress. Yeah. She's and like, like uh, uh, uh. And he's like, you're gonna regret this. It's the big mistake. He's like, isn't this what you've always wanted since I kissed you in third grade? And she's like, not anymore, bitch. I deserve better than you. I deserve Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we cut to Chelsea in the bathroom. She's a mess, and that's when Brooke comes in. And Brooke finally stands up to her and yeah, calls her out for calls being Kel- a bitch. She calls Chelsea for being a bitch and a bad friend. Yeah. And like, she gives this whole speech about, like, princesses are supposed to be there for their people and be someone to look up to, and you're not. Yeah. Um, 
Back at the back inside the dance, uh, this one of the girls thanks uh, Carter and Rosie for helping her feel beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and that's when the general and his military arrive. Um, as the homecoming queen is about to be announced, everyone puts on their masks because that was part of the plan. Yeah. Um, so the general uh, entered the gym. No <laughs> problem. No problem. <laughs> this literal foreign dictator. Yeah. <laughs> And because he sees a girl in the blue dress that, the Mr. Caribbean Ele- blue. that Mr. Elegante showed him, he walks up and he says, Princesa, it's me, the general. <laughs> Surprise, bitch. Come with me and no one gets hurt. Yeah, so they walk away quietly as Rosie is announced homecoming queen. Well, they're already out of the room because I feel like he would have been tipped off. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rosie. yeah, yeah. They leave the room and then after that, Rosie's announced homecoming queen. So Rosie goes up and she gives this, like, acceptance speech while the general's, like, taking Carter through the basement uh, Rosie calls up Carter to the stage. She's like, oh, like, she's taught me so much this week. Um, but Carter is missing. Yeah, so she gets off the stage, and she, like, starts to look for her. And this is when Carter is, like, about to get in the helicopter with General Kane. But that's when Rosie appears. And she's like, leave Carter alone. Um, oh, well, before that happens, Chelsea stops her. <laughs> she's like, give me the crown. And so she, like, puts, she, like, fakes her out, puts it over the pool, which she falls into, and then she stops Carter from going with General Kane. And Carter's like, what are you doing? The plan was working. Uh, but Rosie's like, this is not your fight, Carter. And so Rosie goes with General Kane, and then as they, like, open the helicopter, there's Dad and the director of the Princess Protection Program. Ah. They got him already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, arrest General Kane. They called international authorities. Uh, Dad goes to, like, catch him himself. Rosie and Carter hug, and Rosie cries because Carter was, like, willing to risk her life for her friend. (laughs) Yeah. And Rosie's like, you truly are a princess now. She gives her the crown. (laughs) These, like, (laughs) these stupid, like, cheap dollars are plastic. They're literally, like, plastic. They don't even look, like, nicer than that. Like, they couldn't splurge for a Claire's crown. I mean, it makes sense for, like, a high school dance. Yeah. Um, and that's whenever, uh, again, Chelsea Chelsea comes over, soaking wet. That's my crown. And they're like... Fucking take it! Yeah. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, that's whenever dad comes back over and yells at Carter. He's like, what the fuck, dude? She's like, I knew you'd show up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, don't fucking do that again. She's like, I'm bait. I'm bait, girl. <laughs> and yeah, they're just lucky. They hug and they have a moment. And then we cut to Queen Rosalinda's coronation. Dad, Carter, and Ed. And Ed! There. I love that Ed is there! Why is Ed there? Ed is there. He doesn't even have his, like, little video camera out. No. That would have been an amazing documentary. I would have watched the, watched the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, so we cut to the coronation. They yell, long live Queen Rosie! Yes, Rosie is crowned. She walks, like, down the aisle. Uh, very Princess Mia-like. She and Carter smile at each other. As two worlds collide! Oh my god, two worlds collide comes on. And, like, okay, so this this was released on uh, Get Back, Demi Lovato's, I think, debut album. And I loved this song back in the day. This song's I loved it. But... (gasps) But hearing the song, like, knowing the way that their friendship is now, it's, like, so sad. Like, (laughs) two worlds collide, and then, like, oh my god. (laughs) So, that's the end of the movie. Yay. Two Worlds Collide by Demi Lovato is a banger. Highly recommend. It is. (sighs) But, yeah. Uh, They're friends. They're friends. Do you think that she granted her, like, dual citizenship to (laughs) Costa Luna? I don't know if she can do that. I don't really know what, like, Queen's... What we also don't know, do. like, anything about Costa Luna's governance. It's probably fine. <laughs> they could be a U.S. territory, for all we know. It's They said it's not on most maps. Yeah. I mean, if it's a U.S. territory, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you have any quotes or anything Dad particular? sells some sick bait. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything special, but it was good. Good movie. How'd you, how'd you rate and rank this? I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. Put it at number 21, below Cowbells and above True Confessions. I kind of wrangled with if I was going to give it a 3.5 or a 4, but then whenever I looked at the rankings, I felt like this was just like a little under Cowbells for me. Yeah, um, I gave this a 4 out of 5, and like I said, I got emotional during this movie, because I was very, I mean, I was, like, not to this, like, very, like, black and white extent, like, princesses, no. I was very much, um, a tomboy growing up, like, I was not interested in girly things, and, which, like, is fine, that's just, like, not what I was interested in, but because of that, I thought it made me better than other girls. So I had some, like, big internalized misogyny for yeah. much longer than I care to admit. And I very much, like, saw myself, like, in Carter's journey through this about how, like, learning, like, it's okay to like these things and to, like, as long as you feel, like, beautiful on the inside as well as on the outside, like, it'll, like, radiate and just let people live and all girls are amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, and, like, and the other thing, too, is, like, there is no right or wrong way to be a girl. So, like, right. you aren't better for doing sports or you aren't better for, like, being girly. Like, right. just pick whatever feels right. good well, to because, you, like, and that's like, fine. In the, in the beginning of the movie, whenever Carter's like, oh, like, they're such princesses, all they care about is dresses. Yeah. And so, like, whenever she meets Rosie, she probably thinks that they're going to be the same as these, like, mean, popular girls at school. Yeah. But... Rosie teaches basically like how to be a better person yeah and like vice versa well and I agree too like this was a very good message like for a Disney Channel movie for little girls watching this who loved Demi and Selena and in 2009 when right. slut shaming was like all over I was still slut shaming well, yeah exactly <laughs> that's what I'm saying it was at like a, a really high point back then yeah I also want to say like I was never one of those people who's like I'm never gonna let my kids watch Disney princess movies. All I do is fall for a man. Yeah, <laughs> I I am not about like this is okay. I think that this is a fake version of feminism where it's like, oh my god, my daughter will not play with Barbies. Blah blah blah. Right. Like, like you don't like. Need okay, to have when that I extreme. when I was a kid and I watched these princesses movies, I was never at five years old being like. I'm gonna give up everything for a man. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> that's a pretty dress. That looks fun. I was like, that's a cool princess. I want to sing like Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, like I never, like, really, like, had that notion of, like, princesses in general. Mm -hmm. But, like, I get, like, how, like, to make this, like, concept more clear yeah. to, like, young people. They, like, sort of pulled that. Yeah. And especially, like, with, like, the stereotype about princess. Like, I never really held that stereotype. I never thought. I, for a long time, I thought princesses, like, weren't even real. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, fantasy on par with, like, dragons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, real-life princesses are more what this movie's talking about. Like, right. Like, a government role. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I gave it a four out of five, because I definitely, it was much longer than a week. But I definitely went through that journey of, like, realizing my own internalized misogyny. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that I was able to. Yeah. Um, well, how you, how you said it, you said you put it, like, just under cowbells. I had put it at number 15, below cowbells. Yeah. And above right on track. Yeah. <laughs> I love the messages of both. We love to see it. Next week, we're gonna have Selena Gomez again. We have the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. I think I saw this, like, once. I do not remember anything about it. It wasn't even, I, like, the finale of the show. But don't we know who gets the powers? Or is that not this movie? That's not this movie. Oh. Shit. Never mind. I have no idea what happens in this movie, then. I know. I remember who gets the powers. Don't tell me, because I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it at the very... Because, like, 
We'll talk about it. We'll see you again. <laughs> we do this every week, right? Start talking about the movie. I'm like, no, we'll save it. We'll save it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>